Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Who's got this? Welcome to Healing No. See, I don't know. You should do this. All right. Welcome to Faith Over yeah. Breakfast. I'm Andy Littleton. This is Eric Seepin sitting across from me, and we have been on summer break. Summer break. And summer we're back. Break. So we are excited. excited to be back. This is kind of a re-entry podcast. You hear a little bit about where our heads are at after the summer. Uh, for those of you especially interested in us and our church uh, churches, then... You'll probably enjoy this, and uh, and if you're looking for the the deep take on something in politics, you'll be very disappointed. But um, but that might come. I'm, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll come. Yep. So anyway, thanks thanks for joining us, and we yeah. hope you enjoyed the, the conversation. Yeah, I'm very excited. We're good enough. Hi, Andy. Hey, what's up, man? It's been uh, it's been a bit. I kind of forgot how to podcast. Yeah, and and how to wake up in the morning. Apparently. Yes, sorry about that. It's uh, it's gotten so bad that nobody listens to our podcast anymore. They've they've just decided to quit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. But a couple weeks ago, I'm at Crave Coffee, Uh and this guy, I'm sitting there waiting for the coffee. If you've been to Crave, you know there's a little side you got to wait before Five Mayor brings you something. And there's a guy sitting there, and he's listening to me talk. I'm meeting a new guy from our church. And he's like, are you Eric Seaman? And I'm like, yeah. And now in this town, if somebody asks you that question, me that question, that doesn't mean I know you, Eric. That yeah. means I know your dad and I know uh, your mom, right? And he looked like a guy. He must be, I don't know, in his like 20s. But uh-huh. I thought, he know, you know. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Eric. And I'm waiting for the like, love your dad, know your dad, love your mom, dad your mom. saved my life, dad saved your life, I, I've got lots of dad stories, dad wrecked my life, yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, I, my dad, your, my dad was coached by your dad, whatever, I, yeah. li- you know, it's like, even though Tucson's big, this is a small town, and he says to me, oh man, I listen to your Faith Over Breakfast podcast all the time, I recognize your voice, Wow. and I had this moment of like, what? Yeah. What podcast do you listen to? I do a podcast? What the, are you talking about? The, <laughs> Who are you? And I don't know if I was even that nice to the guy. So sorry if you're listening. I was just so caught off yeah. guard. The two times that's happened to me, it's been at Crave. Yeah. And, and it's been people from the village. Yeah. And I don't know if this guy goes to your church. I didn't recognize yeah. him and I don't remember his name, but. And he, he feels so honored right now as he's he, listening in and goes, yeah. oh, he didn't remember my name. Yeah. Wow. But he was so kind. He said, you're doing a really important thing. Keep up oh, the cool. good work. Oh, cool. So well, shoot. Uh, welcome back, Andy, to a really good thing. We were doing, doing a good thing. Doing a good I, thing. I was excited about that. That really felt good. Yeah. I, that's awesome. So, no, that's that's super cool. And I, and when I pe- meet people from your church, I'm like always. I'm always thinking, ah, yeah. Well, they know me because they listen to Eric's podcast, Faith Over Breakfast. So. Right there, you go. <laughs> so that I happen to be on as well. You've been on vacation, or I've been on vacation, or you, we've been. You. Yeah, you you tend to take a month off. That's yeah, what you do. Yeah. I do, and so I, I have been in and out. You've been in and out. I, so what around. have you been up to? Um, just having more time to myself on Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings. Yeah, what have you been doing with your Tuesday mornings? Oh, I've had plenty to do. I've had plenty to do. Yeah, yeah, just filled it in with other, other various things. stuff. Yeah, any um, I did. I did have. I had a moment the other day where I thought, you know, I've been staying up on my tasks pretty well, and it just dawned on me. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's this one little one hour podcast. Maybe that's the that big just changed change. It changed everything. Well, and you know. Rod's not been doing well. Maybe you stopped no. all of the interaction with him, or um, actually, that's that has had the opposite effect. To where I have, I have hosted the breakfast. Oh, you've in had his to stead. you've had to pick up some of the slack for, for which him. it's not hard to do. What we do, we sit at breakfast and talk about whatever, and so yeah. it's not. Yeah, I haven't been to one of those in a while. It's not that hard. I need to visit. Yeah, it's a good time. Say hi. It's a, it's a good time. So yeah, it's a group of pastors that get together and talk about the depths of their life, or just shoot the breeze, depending on the the day of or the. Yeah, it's been a really important. In fact, um, I think. Uh, well, I know Rod and I are, are writing a book about 
about this model of discipleship of leaders. Cool. Which in the model is, do you want to know the model? What's the model? Um, hang out with them. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's going to be a really long book. Hey, well, you know, some books should be short. Yeah. No, it's uh it's going to be it's going to be stories from Rod woven together by a little commentary from from myself and maybe some stuff I might be talking to you. I'm going to talk to a couple people who've um engaged in such. I I think we're we're a little what we want to do is promote the discipleship of young leaders that people want to do. They they know it needs to happen. They want to know how. And we're saying a lot of the, forget the models and the plans. And we want to give them a lot of stories as to why they should patiently, slowly just sit with people and be open to the deep conversation or open to whatever type of conversation is needed that they discern in the moment versus um, right. trying to have people so on I, I a path. talk a lot about the art of listening because... That's uh, probably the one main thing that people need to learn how to do. There'll be some of that. There'll be a few things. People don't know how to listen. No. That's that's one of the problems. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, what a funny thing to try to model on a podcast because as we've talked about before, you there sort of needs to be running dialogue on a podcast. This is true. It's right. A, and I need to come in right now to say this is true. Yeah, you don't want all these delays and right. anyway, it maybe Ooh, well, well while you were you speaking of that, while you were gone, I attempted last week because I thought, you know what, just be nice to tell people what's happening, let people know mm-hmm. stuff is coming. Andy and I are going to be back. You know, we're, we're oh yeah, you know, so on like, the podcast, yeah, on the podcast. So you try to solo. I tried to solo. I managed to do like a little uh, meditation for healing the city on Psalm one, and that worked okay. Mm-hmm. Though as I listened to it, it sounds a lot like me preaching. Yeah, oh, you're right. Right. It's not a conversation because it's a monologue, and monologues are it's different. It's different. Luckily, it's only eleven minutes. But I tried to do it for Faith over Breakfast, and it just kept <laughs> crashing. And I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do this. This isn't. This just isn't right. No. Yeah. So, so what have I been doing? We, um, we have done. We have done some little little getaways as a family during this time. Cool. Where'd you go? Um, I can't remember. We haven't podcast. Okay. Since... So let's let's. I know a few things, and, and I think we need to set a few stories up. So let's oh, okay. set up the first big vacation where you had to sneak back into the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's We've talk about that one. Some tales of adventure. Yeah, let's get that into. That. So, so I'll give a little setup in saying that my wife and I went on our honeymoon to the Bahamas, and this is this is ten years ago. We're at our. We've crossed our ten year. Congratulations! Mark. Yeah, that's a big deal. I know. I know. And we we went there, and but the thing was, right after our wedding, we, we took a day off between the wedding and the honeymoon, and as we were packing for the honeymoon, I said to my wife, um, you got your passport, right? And she goes, oh, yeah, it's in the bank in the safety deposit box. And I said, safety deposit box, really? And then she said, yeah, yeah, just in case, you know, keep it safe. And her dad's a very safety-conscious guy, kind of uh, ingrained those things in her um, well, here's a problem. It was a holiday weekend. It was a holiday Monday, oh, no. <laughs> and we could not get it out. And that was sad. So we had to rebook everything. We we missed three days of our seven day honeymoon in the Bahamas. This is um, the, this is so this is this is ten, 10 years, years ago. ago. So she's really been wanting to go back. I think we both have, but she she kind of felt like we didn't get. We kind of got a lightning version. We didn't get the full Bahamas. But this time we, we decided uh, to take our daughter, Abby, because she really loves sharks. And there seemed to be maybe there would be ways that you could see sharks there. We had actually seen one right off the beach when we were there. Um, so we we decided we would, we would take her. We'd try to have some time to ourselves as well. Well, long story short, the this island in the Bahamas, we went back to the same place, and we had heard that it had hurricane damage. It, it indeed is still very damaged from Hurricane Dorian, and so that was that was a thing. Just, I mean, we still enjoyed it very much, but it is it's a little harder to to just soak in the sun when there's like a destroyed house right next to you, and so it's just right. There's it, a, there's a little bit of the trauma that you're. Yeah. Sitting right next to you. Well, and you could feel it in the people. Yeah, that you could, makes sense. You could feel it. Um, so, so the first thing that occurred though is we we had a Airbnb in a small town that we really 
I, I especially had really connected to when we were there and it felt just quiet, nice. Airbnb looked good. We got there. It, it's such a good location. You're just looking at the beach right on the porch. It wasn't that expensive. Um, long story short, it had rats um, in the Airbnb we found. Oh, wow. Not only did we find rats, we encountered the rats. Um, this one, is like a movie vacation. One ran across my daughter in the night. Oh, that's not good. And we nor her, we didn't believe it was a rat until the next day when we were up there kind of talking before bed and one just ran across. Took, took a stroll. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, we're leaving. That We got to leave. That's it. And so I booked the nicest resort in the city. I just went, you know what, Andy, we're spending money. We're going to the nicest resort. Your wife needs this. This is a big thing. We we needed this. She wanted to come back. We're going to do this right. Right. So we booked the nicest place. It was, you know, and, and actually I went to them and I said, hey, look, we're in a pickle. Is, do you have any deals? Do you have any last minute deals? And they gave us the best suite in the in this nicest resort for a discount. Like, I mean, we had an incredible room, like, right? I mean, we, we thought we were close to the beach. Now we were even closer. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. So we're, we're enjoying it. And to be honest, I'm not a resort guy. But about three days into this, I thought, you know what? I'm a resort guy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, I might be one. <laughs> Bring me another. You know, I was just like <laughs> sitting on the beach. I was like, okay. I, I, I read through, took a couple books about the Chicago Cubs history, laid on the beach, you know, read five chapters, had some lunch, and went, what do I do next? Nothing cool that's, you know? that's awesome so that was fun yeah and then uh michaela's kind of developing a little bit of a cough that getting into the bahamas was like you had to fill out all kinds of stuff for covid like i mean right. a travel passport and you had to do, you had to do a lot more than i've experienced going anywhere else so far and so and then to get out you know you you had to um you had to fly back and you had to show proof of a negative test Michaela developed a little bit of cough. We had taken a bunch of tests. She took one and no problem. She's she's negative. We're like, cool, that's okay. And she's got a little, maybe is that Airbnb, you know, who knows? Well, the day before we were leaving, she goes, you know, I feel I'm feeling a little like crummier, honestly. I should take another test because I would hate for us to be like surprised. Right. And she took another one and, and was positive. Oh, and no. then and then I'm oh, like, no. I'm like, oh, oh no. shoot! You're you in know. the Bahamas. We're in the Bahamas. Just got COVID. Just got COVID. And so essentially, I, I don't know how to keep these stories short. I'm so no, sorry. No, this is great. This okay. is awesome. Storytelling is wonderful. So I go to the concierge desk. You know, at this resort, it's there's a Bahamian lady running the place, and I said, here's here's the deal. <laughs> you know, here's what's going on right now. Is uh, my wife just tested positive for COVID. We leave like tomorrow, basically. But um, you know what? What's can you clue me? What happens here? And she goes, "Well, um, if she said, were you going to go to the clinic down the street to get your test? You know, because there's we kind of figured out." Yeah. And I said, "Yeah." She said, "Okay, don't go there because we had taken it out." She said, "You didn't go there yet, right?" I said, "No, we took an at-home test." She says. Don't go there. She says, if they, if you go to the clinic and it gets entered into the kind of the government system, they take it very seriously. You're going to be, she and whoever's been around her are going to have to quarantine until everyone's tested negative. So if you get it in a week, you're going to have to keep staying. You're going to have to stay in the room you're in. You're going to have to pay to be here at the resort. Um, then they will consider reimbursing you if everyone in the room had a positive test. So, But if a couple of you don't, they might not reimburse you for that. So you could be here for weeks paying for this resort. She's stuck in the room. Stuck in the room. So you you, don't can, even you get won't to be enjoy able to the resort. Yeah, you won't be able to be out and about and you're gonna have to be paying and you don't know if you're gonna get your money back or not. And you know, she just was like, Trust me, you don't wanna go down this road. And I was like, So what do we do? And she says, Take a boat. And I said, okay, like what boat, <laughs> you know? And she says, well, there's a ferry. We take it all the time. It goes straight to Fort Lauderdale. And even though the, the rules around COVID are you're supposed to test or reenter, they don't 
they don't do it on the boats. And so that's what you should do. They leave at night. Like it, it comes over in the morning, leaves at night. You should go tomorrow night and then you'll make your flight the next morning. And, uh, so that's what we did is we booked, uh, booked the ferry and felt, and we were leaving in the evening. It felt very like a night escape in a way, you know, oh my gosh. very exciting. Yeah. And, uh, and you did, did cost us more of course to do all this and we had and we didn't you know we couldn't get our money back on our flight or anything so that was all kind of a thing you're like oh bummer (laughs) yeah but we only missed you know like a half day if you will maybe call it a day because right of the stressors at the end they're trying to figure it all out but we uh yeah we just did that and she just wore a lot of masks and you know just try to be super careful on the way home and and uh yeah abby and i never got it um and we were in, in as close a proximity to her as we could have been right and no, we never got it so anyway and she she had a i mean uh, she felt she felt kind of crummy but she yeah got, she got better yeah Wow, so there, there's the, the vacation to the Bahamas twice. Twice has been disrupted. Out. Maybe you shouldn't go. Our, a friend of ours said, maybe that whole Bermuda Triangle thing. <laughs> You're right, no kidding. Maybe there's something to it. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, you want vacations like that to be relaxing, yeah. and sometimes they create more stress than they, than they, they can, should. right? Yeah. Yeah, the front end, the front and the back end of it didn't yeah, turn out as. Yeah. But 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 I do. I really don't want to be a complainer because no. there was this four or five day window in the middle where I felt I felt probably for the first time in a while where I thought I literally have nothing to do tomorrow or the next day, and that, and I was like, ah, and that's, that's nice. and that's good because I, I think there's a couple things. I think a lot of people have this in the modern world, but pastors. Have a little bit more of it in that in our jobs we make a lot of shifts. Mm-hmm. So you go from you know having a really intense conversation yeah. to maybe going to a podcast where you got to talk about some theological ideas, or and you're gonna fix the building, you're gonna go you're paint gonna, yeah. or fix the toilet, and then you're playing with a kid, and then you're sitting over the finances, or and you know Kinda you just have make your head a, in everything. At so, least small church pastors. Yes, and so then you're and then and then you're thinking out like I got to get this sermon done. I need to oh, got to yeah. get this done. These people need, and so it, there's rare times, even on your days off, where your brain can stop and say, "Oh well, I don't have anything to do tomorrow." Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have any obligations. I don't have anything yep. at all. Um, and so, you know, and I see the difference because I, I live with people who have jobs where they just literally come home and their job is it mm-hmm. is not part of their life anymore. They mm-hmm. don't even think about it. Yeah. And that's a whole different experience, you know. And, and not and, and everybody we, has that, but a lot of people do. Yeah. And pastors have that, that extra layer of people might reach out at any given time. I try to have some boundaries with that, but it's still... But the cell phone you're has still changed aware. That. It has. It really right. has. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, there's nothing, at least in like an archers, there's no slack. There's no discord. Yeah. There's no ways to... There are not all these things happening. Yeah. You, you go and to church and you listen to the answering machine and you or your secretary hands mm-hmm. you a list of things that you need to do it's not all it's not as frenetic let's go back to that yeah yeah and then and then the other thing i was thinking about we so the other little getaway we did is our our uh, regular fourth of july weekend down in bisbee yeah and which is kind of connected to your your church too. well and it wasn't that's an interesting thing because it was just a group of us that did kind of go to the church just would go for fourth of july but it's become kind of at some point people were wanting to come to and be invited and then there felt like there needed to be some level of organization to it right and it's um i i really do like that trip but it dawned on me especially this year is like this is a work trip yeah this is officially a work trip. Like yeah. I'm people here want to talk to me about pastor stuff while on the trip. Yeah. Right. It's no longer like a couple friends are down here. It's like people want to, want to work things out or they're having interpersonal stuff and I'm feeling like I'm involved and I need to make sure the food, like who else is going to make sure there's food. I got to be the one who's the point person with the church we're meeting up with down there. Me, you know, and I'm going, and even if that were shared, 
Right. It's still a work truck. Yeah, it's a work truck. And yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. just a you just need to classify it. Yeah. But it is it's still fun. It's fun, but it's yeah. a work truck. It's a work truck. Well, you better have something you enjoy in your job, right? I mean, yeah. It, there's I enjoy so many 60, things. 60 40 is usually where you, you yeah. need to be at in yeah. your job. If you're not there's not good things, then you're going to yeah. have a hard time doing your best. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I, I enjoy so many things. It's just just needing to know it is mm-hmm. it is important to go that though is work even though it may not look, you know, or, or it may not be typical. Yeah, well, the cell, I mean, just it's in a sense, and this is even true for bigger churches um, that are run by boards and things like that yeah. still, is you still are self-employed in a sense. There's still a lot of self-regulating and self-motivation sure. that you have to have to be a pastor. Yeah, and, and not all have the same level of that, and that right, changes dynamics of things. And then, you know, I've realized this that on every team throughout throughout my years, each pe- person called into ministry has different levels of that, and how you kind of decide what's the model that you're going to hold everybody to or yeah, whatever. That's definitely. interesting. Yeah, no, there's a lot going on in that. So, so okay, there's my some of my tales. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Um, no, for, fun. from the summer. What about you? What have you been up? All to? right, well, so uh, I was actually going to go on vacation in August. Yeah, but my wife was like, "Hey, Eric, this is really expensive." But N.T. Wright, who's her and mine, one of our favorite theologians and New Testament scholars, he's yeah. going to be in Waco, Texas, lecturing <laughs> on Romans eight, and I want to go. Yeah, but it's in June, there so we go. made some rearrangements. June became our vacation month, and we decided to drive to Waco, Texas. Yeah. So I have, a, I have this. Have you have you spent time in Waco? I've never been before? to Waco yeah. before, so I've never it's a, been there. so this is kind of cool. To take our little Corolla in, uh-huh. okay, and I I just bought it about I don't know a year ago. Done a lot of work on it. It's a nice car, yeah. really nice to drive. Um, Two thousand ten. So we drive into Texas, and a thousand miles in, the back bumper just detaches. <laughs> so my wife says. Hey, that's a weird noise. And she looked out the side of mirror and, and the bumper is just like waving yeah. in the air. So we pull over. I'm able to snap it back on and manage to get to a gas station that had duct tape. Oh, yeah. So I duct taped their <laughs> bumper back on uh-huh. and, and that worked. And uh-huh. off we go. In fact, it's still duct taped. Uh-huh. Get to Waco. Beautiful. I mean, Waco is just fun. It's an old town. Yeah. And it's it's like 150. I don't know. It's not huge. It's not a big town. Um, but I didn't know anything about Magnolia, uh-huh. the, you know, the flippers. If you go to Target, there's this uh, section, it's Magnolia section. Uh-huh. And there's it's done by these designers who have a okay. television show. Oh, yeah. I don't know their names. Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't pay attention to these things. But N.T. Wright was at First Baptist, and Magnolia literally was across the street. Wow. So they have taken this, I don't know, huge, maybe this entire block. They bought it. It was run down, the big uh-huh. silos, and they built. There's like a mini baseball diamond there. There's food trucks. They've restored a bunch of the buildings. Yeah. They're old, old building, an old church, and yeah. and a bunch of bunk houses, like everything. And then uh, they've got their stores and coffee shops and bakeries and all that kind of stuff. And it's packed. And there's yeah. People are sitting on like outdoor bean bags under trees, eating food. It's like where the town comes to hang out. Yeah. And I talked to this pastor's wife here in town, and she's like, "Oh, I've we've been there three times. Oh, wow, just to go visit." I'm like, "I don't know why you go here three times, but they did." Yeah. And uh, it, it's fun. So that was a, a big, big highlight. Going to hear NT Wright talk about Romans eight was cool. Yeah. What. Sue and I kind of tell people now as we thought we knew something about Romans 8. Now we know nothing. Yeah. It was uh, three and a half days, an hour and a half, three hour and a half lectures. Yeah. And N.T. Wright does not take any time to have any kind of frivolous conversation. Yeah. He bows his head. He prays. And he just plows. He welcomes people. And then he says, let's get started. And he yeah. opens and he goes. Yeah. And so my wife had like 15, 16 pages of notes. Yeah. We had the text, his translation and the Greek, and my, I just scribbled all over everything. Wow. It was fun, but I'm still digesting that. Yeah. So we head on the way home, and here's the exciting part. So the car's duct taped. Uh-huh. We're getting to go. 
and we're driving through the you know the back roads highways of texas because that's a fun yeah. way to go lots of hills lots of little towns you have to sleep, yeah. you know it's it's really interesting you drive into a town and they've slowed you down to 35 miles yeah. an hour and then you come out of the town and it says 60 miles an hour and then literally a half a mile later it says 65 and then a mm-hmm. half a mile later it's 70 and then you know it gets up to 80 or whatever and so you're whizzing around and i'm looking at this and i'm saying why are all these dead vultures all over the highway huh and then we come up over this hill and in the middle of the road I'm flying around at seventy miles, seventy-five miles an hour. Are three vultures eating another vulture? Oh! And the two of them, they all look up. They see my car bearing yeah. down on them. Two of them are like, "Yeah, we're out." The other vulture looks at the car and's like, "I'm gonna have a bite before I go." <laughs> Takes a bite and goes left. I'm like, "Okay, I can't hit my brakes. There's a guy sitting on my tail, uh-huh. so I'm just gonna swerve around him, and he'll, you know, he'll go one way, and I'll go the other way." And he swerved with you. No, no, he just did not swerve fast enough, uh, and he smashed into my side view mirror oh. and shattered it. Mm-hmm. So for another thousand miles, I have no side view mirror, and I need to duct tape it. So the whole side view mirror is duct taped together uh-huh. so it doesn't fly apart, uh-huh. <laughs> of which this week I have to yeah, fix it. I haven't uh-huh. gotten it fixed yet, so my car is just like all duct taped. <laughs> so the funny is like my car went into Texas very pristine. It came out of Texas just yeah. a disaster. <laughs> that might be a metaphor for something. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was the fun part of our vacation. Yeah. That was. I mean, I don't know why you go from hot Arizona to humid Waco, uh-huh. but well, there is a taco it. joint in Texas called Torchy. Tacos. Torchy tacos. If you ever go to Texas and you can find a Torchy tacos, go. They okay. are so good. Oh. I would say outside of the tortillas. I mean the tortillas, eh. Yeah. But the meat and the different combinations they did, some of the best tacos I've had. Wow. And they have this coming from a Tucson. Yeah, they have some of the like the best nacho cheese stuff in the like Texas. It's award winning or something, and it's very good too. Wow. So yeah. so yeah, go Torchy Tacos. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was my that was my vacation. Really, I mean, we went down Sierra Vista for a couple of days right yeah. before we jumped back into reality. But yeah, you do a Sierra Vista thing, don't you? you got an Airbnb there you like? Or yeah, something? well, and Sierra Vista is twenty degrees cooler. Yeah, yep. Yeah, ten to 20, It's beautiful, and it rains it, there. Bisbee was in the mid eighties, raining yeah. like a lot more. Yeah, it was really I, cool. I have seriously been looking into like yeah. You know, trying to buy something down in Sierra Vista. <laughs> Dude. Uh yeah. The, you don't you're you and Sierra Vista, me and Bisbee, same same story. Yeah, I, we we like to go there so much that I'm like Well doesn't just need to buy something down yeah. there. Um so yeah, I don't know like you hear me saying I need to buy something down there. The um, I would need to rob Peter to pay Paul, and so that's why I haven't bought something down there. It's not like I have a lot of money and I'm a rich I know person. So Yeah. I yeah. just really would like to buy something down there. Yeah. But the the price of the houses are not Yeah, we 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 are in the more creative zone of that thinking where it's like you know, we're, we're not in the position of like, hey, let's buy a second house or something at all. Right. But it's like we could finagle some little way to buy something and then create something. Yeah. Maybe we roll a little trailer onto it and then <laughs> maybe someday there's a house hopefully yeah. or something but but it, it's it's just such a regular getaway that you go you know it'd be nice if it were if you could just consistently depend on it and it's so close yeah and but yet so different like i think you're know, like you know service to hour bisbee hour and a half like yeah. it's not hard to get over there and and, and there's just like cool you know things to go see and do yeah. if you want to go see and do things or you don't have to do anything right you know, it's just a nice well that's my favorite thing so bisbee is where's where my my family my dad's side of the family's from so we've been going there my whole life in a little mining town if you're not familiar with it but um i'm so i'm so familiar with it that i don't feel the tourist impulse there right like right. i need to go check everything out i like it there a lot yeah but i also when i go when I, i'll go there for a little day trip and i'll just take a book and i sit in the coffee shop and i don't I feel like I can go for a walk, but I don't need to go discover it because I'm familiar. Right. And that's, I have this touristy itch when I go to other, I want to, I want to see new things. Oh uh, yeah, you're a touristy kind of guy. And I, I, I'm not that way. Yeah, yeah. I want to, if I'm in a new place, I want to check it out and I can't right. 
get into that kind of rust pattern, but in Bisbee I can because I'm so familiar with it. Yeah, I have to go to vacation to the same place maybe four or five times because I'm like, okay, I want to find one or two things that are new, really, really enjoy them, come back the next time, enjoy one of them, and find a couple other new ones and really, really enjoy yeah. them. And then slowly, uh, yeah, you know, I do. Gain. I do like the lightning round the first couple times where I'm just the lightning, like on foot, trying to see all the things. <laughs> That's and and my own version of that. By that, I tend to mean like I want to find all the thrift stores right. in whatever town. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's fun. So, so. The other thing that I've done that actually I want to segue back to you, but I, I want to set this up by saying the other thing is one of my newer roles um, it connected to my church world job, but through Resonate Global Mission, which is our churches are connected to that, uh, has I, I've done a little travel with them. I probably will for a while. It's a, It's more of a regional role. And so I have been visiting some other church contexts more, which has been doing something interesting. It's been motivating me or getting me out of my, our context and my, like maybe getting me unstuck a little bit. Yeah. And so some of that tends to happen just over the summer for me too, if things slow down or I go somewhere else. How about you? Like, do you, do you reenter from the summer from listening to, you know, it doesn't have to be yeah, I mean, you you went and listened to NT right? Like, are you coming back into this next year with some with some new emphasis or sure. or ideas or passion or something clicked for you or yeah? What what? How are you coming into into this new school year, if you will? The new the new school year. Well, I mean, I all I mean, I try very intentionally to use my vacations both to relax. I kind of have three parts. One, mm-hmm. I need to just relax. For me, that means spending extra time painting yeah. and playing some board games and spending time, like, really intentional time with my children and my wife, like, just to yeah. ourselves, enjoying one another. Two, I, I try to get out, like, to go to NT Wright Conference, go to other churches. So I did visit yeah. your church. I visited Kai and um, and that's church, which is uh, City Church, I think Central City Church. I think oh, that's yeah. the name of it. They're over um, south of downtown. Yeah, south yeah. of downtown. Love their church. Yeah. Love them. They're so they're just so fun. They they're connected to Kai Alpha. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I went there. Like the, in some ways, they're like the Pentecostal version of the village. So yeah. it's just really fun to be part of it. Yeah. And. Uh, that was cool. And then, so so the, uh, having that as a reset of, of remembering, I, I like to remember that the village offers something very unique to the world and that other places are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and to experience the body of Christ is a really important thing. And, and it helps you value what you have. Yeah. And also at the same time, be like, oh, yeah, like there's some, there are ways that I can grow and learn. That's so a, think, just, just a quick note. Um, I have found it a great joy. Anytime we're out of town on the Lord's Day, I love going to other churches. And I'm trying to keep our family in a rhythm. I think that's really important. But also, it just it opens our eyes. Yeah. I, I notice it the most, probably my daughter, to the bigger body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Um, coming back for me personally, it's usually the third thing is that I need to have some kind of personal reformation. Right? Mm-hmm. Usually, my I'm burnt out, and I'm and and that's when the enemy, and your own just kind of sin nature begins to, to build. I think a level of contempt for others and yourself. Sure. You know, because yeah. you're just burnt out. And you feel used and and abused at some level. Sure. And you're just. It's tiring job. I, 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 it's a job that requires a lot of internal fortitude mm-hmm. um, and discipline, and so you need to have a reset. And I think that's so that process happens for me on vacation, and I felt like it happened this time. So coming back to the village, um, for me, usually the the message is to to bring myself more present, yeah, to the moment, and less about. Uh, the past or what actually is happening in the future to try to be as present as possible um, to things. So that's that's a big big part of it. 
for us as a church, I mean, we're, and I suspect you're in this process too, a little bit, is that there's, we're bringing, I mean, Rod is retiring yeah. and we're bringing on hopefully a new elder yeah. who will also be in the role of pastor. And so we're hopefully, you know, trying to work out how we're going to pay them. And there's some stuff working out in the denomination that we're hoping uh-huh. will help along with that. Yeah. Um, and so that's exciting because it gives us hopefully two years to really expand who we are and grow in a way we've not been able to. And so there's going to be some different staff dynamics and, uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do with all of that. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I'm coming back a lot more refreshed than I thought I was going to come back. Yeah. And that, that I, I was feeling pretty spent by the time I headed into vacation. Yeah. I think maybe I fully recovered from COVID this year. Like maybe July, I could say, yeah, the last two years, <laughs> I've recovered just from the drama and the trauma yeah. <laughs> of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel... I still feel like a little bit of that lingers with me, um, and not like the sickness COVID, but the right. s- but the sickness yes. COVID, the the the, the, the cultural the sickness. cultural sickness that yeah. was exposed by that time. Yes, um, but the yeah, I still feel like that. I'll I'll think I'm good. I think I'll think yeah. I think I'm I've kind of passed that, and then there will be one interaction where you just go, oh, I'm right back. Like I'm I'm remembering that, or I'm worried about that happening again or whatever so that's a thing but the yeah probably the most invigorating thing we we did have that on on vacation we you know in the bahamas we went to a bahamian anglican little church that was super cool i just loved it and um actually we went to a baptist service the same day just my daughter and i that was like outside and some college kids were there doing a project so they were kind of co-leading it but that was fun too but the uh, you know, the little Anglican service is probably my favorite, and things like that. Just I don't know. You just you get drawn out of your church context, yes. and your eyes are open to the that makes sense. The bigger body, and I love it. But the the travel, the two two pieces. Of, I think I already told you about Houston. Um, that was before the summer, technically. But going and just seeing some different things that are going on in Houston and this is just sister churches of ours then had a similar experience in Chicago. For me, I think that, I think that the thing that switched for me was I, I felt very challenged that, that there are some people that are really pushing the boundaries of what feels reasonable in ministry. And I think, I think we all have our versions of this. I think you do a lot of this around the, t- the community and the community's engagement with one another. You push the boundaries on that. Um, and, and so the, these churches, some of them were pushing the boundaries with like what's possible in the area of like racial work and reconciliation. Like they really did. Like, I mean, one of these, one of these pastors, you had a story of decades worth of time where they went, you know, we're going to do the thing that people say you can't do. And we're, and we're going to really commit to it. And they didn't have a huge group commit, but the group that committed to it's a really rich story. And, um, and it has even borne some just incredible fruit even in the past year. And then there was a church that was kind of saying, look, like during the pandemic, we, the city started to ask us if we could help with things and it threw the doors open for us to be really engaged in our community in incredible ways. And like, they're a, they're a small church that's doing the things that are doing look like they're a big church, but they're not, but they were just willing to move into this, like take risk, trust God. Um, and think, I think I came back I've come back from that a little invigorated because for me, there are some things, some like, I'm a big idea person, you know this about me, but I often kind of diminish those a little. I'm like, yeah, that's too much or that's, I probably shouldn't, I should, I should be gentle. I should hint toward what I hope for or want to see, but I kind of came back this year going, maybe I need to like cast vision a little more. Maybe I need to... The things I want to get excited about as a as a believer, maybe I should just be excited and just 
not be afraid it won't work. Just just see what happens. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So yeah, I feel this little I feel a little invigorated by that. And so I kinda yeah, I want to lean in. I've one of my practices has been with some some of the people in our church and leaders to just name a couple things I hope will happen that I think I would have just kind of kept down low, but just mm-hmm. to go, you know, I hope this happens. And just kind of put it out there. So yeah. That's a, that's been an interesting effect. So not so much from vacation, more from right. those other trips. So yeah. Any other things like that for I mean you're you and I are very different in these regards, but Yeah, well I mean because of the way it's not that I'm because I planted a church twenty years ago. It's not that I'm not a, a dreamer. No, you, yeah, you totally are. It's just different categories, and I, I think they're they're the, valuable ones. Well, the other thing is I'm also very practical. Like, yeah. I, I may dream, but then I'm like, okay, I want to be able to do it. Yeah. And so I need to, like, how do I do that? And I can only do one of these, so I'll just choose to get rid of all the ones except for one. So here's here's maybe the question that would pertain to what I'm wrestling through in this is, do you think that that's a... Is there any part of that that is like the enemy squelching something good? The practice is, or is that practical side just you know yourself, you know your limits, you know the limits of others around you? Uh, well, I actually think there are three kinds of leaders. You got to know what kind of leader you yeah. are, and then you need to surround yourself with the other kinds. Sure. So there are the people who are big dreamers, and I don't. First, I'll say that most effective leaders are hybrids. Sure, but that, um, that aren't just dreamers that can't execute anything. But lots of leaders land into these categories in ways where they are kind of they need to surround themselves with some people that 100%. can help. But so 100%. there's the dreamers who just have hundreds and hundreds of yeah. ideas, and when you look at them, they never they're really great ideas, but they don't accomplish any of them. Sure, it's really hard for them. Then there are the ones who struggle to have a dream, but they can take you from A to B. Like they are highly skilled. Yeah, give us me the idea. And then I will plan out how to get yeah. you there. And then they're kind of leaders that are crisis managers. Yeah. So you drop them in a crisis. They fix everything. And you never want a crisis manager to lead your church. Yeah. And a lot of them Unfortunately, is one of my strengths. Um, uh, so I, I, oh, so, okay, I we am gotta, a crisis We got to take you down. Got to take me down. Um, the other, I mean, I, I kind of hybrid between A and B and crisis I mean, yeah. I have a bit of all of those. So I'm a bit more of a hybrid, but I probably have my strongest strength hmm. in the crisis. Yeah. Um, and, and then I'm really good at getting you from A to B. Yeah. And then I, I'm, I, I do dream. I have good, I, I have ideas, but I don't have hundreds of them. So the dreamer here has maybe, has that been Rod? Rod? Rod has dreams. Yes. He dreams a lot. And Mark is that way too. Um, and what usually has happened because I tend to be a person who's created, like create structures. I mean, I love structures. Uh-huh. I know, like just give me a, stru- I love to play with structures. Yeah. So usually it's take a dream and put it to an, into our existing structure. So for instance, you know, I told our leadership team, I don't know, probably five years ago, I want to, my vision for this church is someday we're going to have a healing center. I, right. I didn't have a better name for it at the time. I still don't. And it's going to be in this building, and we're not going to be in this building. And we're headed that way. And this is what it's going to look like, and this is what I want to do. I don't know what's going to happen. I think this is yeah. what God wants us to do. Probably church needs to grow some for that to really be manifest. So we'll just start a podcast called Healing the City, and we'll start getting people thinking about it, and everybody will know our mission even more. Yeah. Like everyone from the very bottom, the kids will say, Healing the City. One yeah. percent of time. That's what we're doing. So that's kind of what I've done, and I'm willing to wait for that dream yeah. for a long time and just plot along to yeah. get there, which is good. And then let's integrate what Rod, all of Rod's little dreams, <laughs> yeah. into that. Anchor them onto this. Anchor that one here. Let that one float away. Bring that one in. You know, and that's how I have operated from the very yeah. beginning. Is yep. bring this dream of Rod's anchored into this vision. Yeah. Um, so I'd say the vision of the village is mine, and a lot of the ideas that float around that vision are Rod's. Yeah. And that's how we've operated. And then Mark has come in and brought a ton and more. And he's got new ideas. Yes, and and modified a lot of, I would even say, the what healing the city looks like. Yeah. So, yeah. that's. But I tell you, if you're in a church structure, what happens is if you have an A to B leader, 
it's very hard to help. Those churches tend to succeed for a while and then 20, 30 years in begin to decline because yeah. they don't have vision. Yeah. If you're, we were, I, John and I went to Alan Hirsch was in Phoenix. And and so, you, I saw that. Yeah. And, and I would so I like to have gone to that. Yeah, totally. And, and I'm not a, I'm not a hundred percent on the same page with that dude all the time, but there were some really good things. And, and I think one of them had to do with the, he calls it apostolic leaders. Yes. But, um, he, his thing was they, a lot of times in churches, we tend to lean on them to get a church started and then want them to transition into one yes. of these other type of leaders yeah. and get frustrated when they don't. And then they tend to go somewhere else and start something because they get frustrated or we get frustrated with them. And that's really unfortunate because you kind of need this balance. He's got the, you know, he's pulling from Ephesians, Apest, Evangelist. Uh, yes, the five fold Yeah, the fivefold. Um, prophets, shepherds, teachers, evangelists. Yeah. Did I get it? Yeah. Um, and the, but his thing was, you need those idea people, your your people who kind of go out into uncharted territory. You need to keep letting them draw you into further uncharted territory. But then you need those like shepherd type people who are consistent and like there yeah. with folks. And uh, and in our context, John and I took that test, and he's just he's real high on shepherd, mm-hmm. right? And I'm and I'm peeking out on the idea person and it's and it's funny because we're at year we're at year like eight of the church i planted if you yeah if you talk epicenter it's like 11 but the or even is it 12 Sheesh. well if you talk if you talk just mission but, church it's eight years yeah yeah, yeah but the it's an in, there's been and covid was part of this it almost feels like it hasn't been that long because there's yeah, almost so. like new realities yes, of yes, yes. which is interesting. Well, you're in church too right now. Yeah, but still, the I think we're at that point where we're needing to be a little more. We're, we're needing that shepherd. We're needing that yes. consistency. But also, we could get into r- major ruts. Mm-hmm. Like we could just kind of go, okay, we kind of like where we are, and we could just roll and roll into ir- irrelevance in a way. Um, and it's an interesting thing to think about and go, so this is where sometimes the me guy would get bored mm-hmm. and move on or the, like my elders would go, you know what? You're not pastoring well. Right. Uh, thanks for getting this started, but people aren't being taken care of. We need a new pastor. Right. Like that could, it's not happening, but it could. Sure. And it, it made me think, man, we it, this is a, probably a really good time to think. What does it mean? But you, how, what is what are those those continual and new ideas that I've that I have? How do those play out here? While also we lean into this need for kind of stability and yeah. discipleship. And, well, so, and just, my, my experience has been that if you that combo, you can get your kind of crisis leader um, from your elders or other yeah. people in your church. And you may need to empower them in some ways, but my thing is with the dreamers is they have they just are constant ideas, yeah, and they need to learn to control it. Sure, they need to learn to and and to if if an idea doesn't get adopted, to not throw a fit and leave or right. Well, I think they you have to learn to work in tandem with the people like you know you and John, where you have these ideas and you have a courage to say, I have this idea. Help me. What are we doing to make our get our people completely yeah. on board? Because that what I've learned is that the pastor, the guy who's good at shepherding, has all of the eventually has all the cash. Mm-hmm. So if you want your dream to work, yeah. <laughs> you need him. You need yeah, yeah. him because what he's going to do is get everybody on board right. and get everybody moving towards a dream. And I think that that is key in in, in working together yeah is being able to like all right here's the new and i think it's the dreamer has to be willing to dream with yeah his and and be courageous not, about those dreams dream and be courageous but also where i thought you were going to go is not to like dream outside of or over the head of yes of people but to like let it be a shared dream or or a dream that is meant for these folks. Yeah, that, that, yeah. it's that not your has a connection to. Yeah. It. yeah, which I mean, I think that means the person who has more of the gift of ideas and lots of them needs to be 
really focused on spending like connected to the spirit of God and really working on that. So, so probably yesterday, this was oddly instructive. I didn't expect it. I listened to how I built this. Um, the, this is an NPR show. Okay. Um, Guy Raz, how it's, it's founder stories, which I find very interesting sure. because of the type of person that I am. But, um, the Jimmy Fallon one is really good. I think, I think pastors need to listen to it because here's he he exhibits a lot of the a lot of the traits of it, it's you know it's it's a comedian but he it, it was almost as if it dawned on him as he was getting interviewed how many people followed him it's like he d- was discovering it right cuz Guy Raz was interviewing him and he said, you know, how many employees do you have with the show now? And he goes, oh, oh, I'm 400. And he was like, wow. And then all the people that watch you and and then you've got these other little companies. He goes, you employ over, do you employ over a thousand people yourself? And Jimmy goes, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You could tell he was like, oh, whoa, I do. You know, and, but the, uh, but he's an idea guy. Yes. Big time, it sounds like. Like, crazy stuff. Um, and and some of the ideas work, some of them don't. But, you know, there's this... this What I got from him was that the ideas do have... They're about others. Yes. And they somehow empower others and get... But he understands the role of his vision in it and how much he needs to... His vision needs to be there right. for this to work. It's like this balance, but you kind of feel like you're on the journey of hearing him figure out something that he's doing really well. And I found it, I found it really instructive. Yeah, yeah, check it out. That's awesome. I will. I love Jimmy Fallon. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't always like watching his, you know, sick. What do you call it? Is a late night show. As, but I, when you watch different side yeah. things that are done by him and him, yeah. he's just a very thoughtful and engaging person. Um, and creative, like he's crazy creative. Yeah. I, I think just to go back to the church and the idea thing, you know, I, I, Andy Stanley, like is usually who I look at for this, not for his theology, but for yeah. the way he understands yes. church systems. And I he mean, does, he does. And I think some of it is he knows how to get everybody on, mm-hmm. on mission and mm-hmm. then to get, he's an idea guy and mm-hmm. to get his ideas into the mission yeah. You know, and <clears throat> everyone can just digest his ideas because they already have the system to digest them. Yeah. And I think that's really key. And I think that's what succeeded at the village after 20 years is we have a system that can digest the ideas yeah. for the most part. And I, we, we need more system probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. you know, that comes over time sometimes. And as you face problems. Yeah. And that's where I like, am, where really my strength comes in is, is I, the crisis and every, you know, like, oh, we need to figure out how to do this with children. It's a crisis. Things are okay. Well, this is. I can step in. I can make this work. Yeah, I can leave it. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But at least I can bring order to whatever is going on there. So yeah, it's not just crisis as people are fighting with each other. It's crisis in the system yeah. that you need good people to mm-hmm. to kind of help with. So yeah, well, that's cool, dude. I gotta get going. All right, man. So. We should do our intro and say goodbye. That's right. <laughs> well, let's say goodbye now. Thanks for tuning in. We know it's been a while, but you can always send us questions, faithoverbreakfast@gmail.com. In fact, I believe the last time I bumped into one of your folks at Crave, they had a question. And so just a reminder, send it in, faithoverbreakfast@gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. It gives us an extra thing to talk about. I'm sure we have plenty to talk about um, coming off the summer, but we'll weave it in. Yeah, so we're send it on over. And, and uh, we'll send you a book. We promise. We'll give you something. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, remember to rate Eric five stars. Um, Andy on, one. On, Andy, Andy yeah. five. <laughs> on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. So thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you. <laughs>